Hey everyone, welcome into another edition of the Woj Pod, a part two, if you will, with ESPN's front office insider Bobby Marks, DeMarcus Cousins, and the Warriors, and the landscape left here in free agency, how this may play out, the players left, what's available still out there, and how this may play out here through July and maybe even into August. Um, a lot of ground to cover with Bobby Marks. Let's get to it. Back with Bobby Marks um, here at the lovely Double Tree. Um, what do you got planned for the fourth, Bobby? Oh, sleep. You're flying, you're flying home. <laughs> Plenty of sleep. You're flying home. I am. I will be uh, flying back to Florida for a couple days and then out to Vegas for Summer League. Yeah, Summer League. We're watching some of the um, the beginning of uh, there's the Sacramento Summer League, and then there's the the Utah Trey Young. Tough couple opening nights in summer league. I want you to imagine. I want you to imagine um, your former boss with the Nets, Rod Thorne. Imagine Rod Thorne drafted Trey Young, watched him struggle in the first two games. What would it have been like to sit next to Rod Thorne in the bleachers when that was happening? It would have been uncomfortable. <laughs> for, 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 uh, the, there would have been probably the wrinkling of the stat sheet. Um, you know, and I love Rod. I mean, Rod was as good as anyone to me. But, you know, as I've, I've told the story before, you know, Rod's big thing was, was, you know, you always have like that buyer's remorse after, you know, it's just natural after the draft. Did you write, did you draft the right player? Um, we had it. His were literally as he was hanging up the phone with the league office. He was already regretting the pick sometimes, right? Yeah, and you know what happened too, because he had you know he had such a strong relationship with, and he still does with Jerry West. You know, they played at West Virginia together, and they would talk about players a lot. And Jerry would like certain players that maybe Rod didn't like, and you know we would pick a player, and and then he would you know he'd hang up the phone, and then he'd just sit back in the chair, <laughs> and he'd be like. He's, you know, he's like, I talked to Jerry about that guy, and Jerry didn't like him. <laughs> but Jerry did one in uh, 2001 when we made the trade to get uh, Richard Jefferson. Jerry did recommend Brandon Armstrong from Pepperdine, and that didn't turn out well for us. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's just the, the nature of the beast. And you know, Trey Young has um, struggled a little bit at those in these first two games. And if I, if Rod was the GM of the Hawks, <laughs> he would probably not be, uh, especially when you're picking. I mean, what did you pick three, Third, and you, three, fl- sure. you flipped for Luka, You flipped it and it traded Luka Doncic, who could we don't you know he could be really good, <laughs> but it's summer league and it's the you yeah. know we all overreact to Didn't it. Brooke, but, yeah. Brooke Lopez had like a bad first two quarters of his first summer league, and Rod was ready to send him back to Stanford, right? Oh goodness, <laughs> I mean Brooke was terrible. I think Brooke was zero for ten in his first game, and he was so bad. I mean, I mean all the Derek Favors was three for fifteen. I mean, the list goes. Uh, you know, and, we're, and we've had guys who were re- really good and couldn't play a lick during mm-hmm. the NBA. But hey, I remember George Hill. I remember the Spurs when they drafted George Hill out of IUPUI had such a horrendous summer league. They said, "Do we need to go out and get another point guard? Did we really, really blow this?" And um, they didn't. He turned out to be a great player. And there's some guys who come out of the gates, you know. And um, we see it in football too. NFL quarterback comes out and. You know, some quarterback comes out and starts throwing the ball around the field. Next thing you know, um, but but anyway, what that is, it's that time summer league. But free agency rolls on. Um, a lot of big names are off the board. Um, there's not a lot of cap space left, and 
you know, you saw players right at the beginning grab what was there. And Julius Randle would have never imagined taking the mid-level exception. Um, but he did, and it's really a one-year contract to get out in the market. And I think the smart guys cut their losses quick and said, I'm going to deal with the reality of this. It's not what I wanted. And I'll have a, try to have a good season and get out when there's more money next year. But um, it's uh, to hear the um, <laughs> the teams have leverage and they are grinding the agents. They are um, absolutely in, you know, players like Isaiah Thomas, he's got the injury and he's coming off the hip injury. I mean, he might be a minimum player. <clears throat> he might have to take a minimum deal to prove himself. And and it's funny, and you see this too, and I'm not usually using Isaiah as an example, but once you take a minimum, you, guys really push back on ever taking a minimum because once you take one minimum, you're a minimum player, right? It's hard to get back and get paid like somebody else. You're just seen as a minimum guy. You're, you're. I mean, and Jeff Green's been good, but you're Jeff Green. I mean, Jeff has, has, has signed a bunch of minimum. Michael Beasley, you get Raymond Felton. You get labeled as a minimum guy where they probably could earn. They should, you know, they could earn more. But the marketplace is is brutal right now. I mean, just talking with agents, I've never seen a, a, a time where teams have put like drop dead dates on. Basically, say you have till six o'clock to take this offer, and we've seen that. I, I mean, and guys, I, are t- and they're taking them. I, Usually, like an agent would go to war, and they're going, you know what? I don't have, I have. There's nothing out there, and yeah. and the restricted free agent market yeah. is just decimated. Oh, I don't know where these guys are going to get their money. The the one hope is Zach Levine in Sacramento. That they've been pretty serious about doing that. Maybe he can get an offer sheet from them. But man, these. You know, you saw it right away. Aaron Gordon took the deal in Orlando, didn't bother to get out in the market. Dante Exum got a really good yeah. deal, three years, $33 million with a Jazz who took care of him and, and didn't go through it. You know, Kyle Anderson's an interesting player. Spurs, um, they want him back, and, and they'll work on something. But it's hard for a player to get an offer sheet. Um, the teams who have big cap space right now don't really want to use it. The Atlanta, some of them want to use it to take on contracts. And get a pick with them, um, but but it's going to be just a slog here through the end of August with the guys. Yeah, I mean Jabari Parker, Clint Capella, uh, Marcus Smart. Uh, usually the trend is you you say to an agent, "Go out and get me, a, go get an offer sheet, and we'll deal with it when you come." Mm-hmm. And I don't. It's going to be hard for these players to go out and. Um, it's going to go out and get one. Um, and you're right that that Dante Exum contract. I mean oh. that was. I missed the mark on that one. <laughs> I was, I had him at a little bit of a lower number, but I, I like what Utah was able to do because they, usually when you, when you pay a guy, you always pay for what he's done in the past, but it's like they almost bought it like a, like a stock and they yeah. want to see it like invest yeah. here, um, with, with Exum. But we've seen, I think, I think Exum is going to be excellent. I think he's still going to be like, he's not, he's still the guy they drafted. Now the injuries torn ACL. That he suffered his second year playing international, playing for the Australian national team, and then the um, the shoulder injury last year that caused surgery. But boy, um, and I think um, I think it was Dan Devine from Yahoo had a great point um, when when I reported the Exum extension earlier in the day. He said, "Like go back and watch Exum defend James Harden in the playoffs, and go watch. I mean, that kid is um, he's still only twenty two years old. He was terrific in the playoffs." 
I mean, he really was, and that that's. I mean that that showed a lot, you know. Of course, health, but I mean, long arm defender, uh, com- like more of a combo guard. But Bobby, if he becomes a player, that Utah nucleus, oh. like that team, that team's going to be really, really good. The, oh, I agree with you. I Donovan mean, Mitchell's a superstar, and they returned the whole group. Yeah, from last year's team that you know loses in the second round and didn't have a point guard because Ricky was hurt. Um, and the West is brutal, is just brutal, but. Yeah, I mean, we're, here we are with, with free agency, and there's still some, you know, Brooke Lopez is still out there. I mean, you know, he was made, you know, $20 million and probably going to look at a four to five million, four to $5 million contract. You mentioned Isaiah Thomas. Um, there are still some, um, named, uh, Tony Parker still out there. There's still some named free agents. Parker's going to be an interesting one because they're, fi- they're trying to figure out in San Antonio what they're doing, and can he sit around and wait for that? There is some money. Charlotte's got some interest in him. I think Denver might have a little interest. Now, Denver, you know, they're looking for a backup point guard. That might be a better minimum guy. But Charlotte's got an exception. They have some money. And uh, James Borrego, the new Charlotte coach, coached him in um, with the Spurs. And uh, and there's others. There's not a team in the league who wouldn't love to have Tony as a backup. But it's hard to imagine him not finishing his career with the Spurs. They, they found a way to do it with Manu and Manu Ginobili and um, – That'll be an interesting one to watch over the next few days. Yeah, and the one interesting one for me is going to be Jabari Parker. And I had a team t- tell me today it was really an interesting point where, you know, when when Milwaukee signed Irsan Ilyasova over the weekend for I think three for twenty three, three for twenty one three for twenty one. I had a run off the set with Van Pelt. <laughs> I was going on with Van Pelt and I got that one and I was like, there will be an empty screen. I'm getting. I'm going to get this out there before I have to walk out there. You know, it triggered the hard cap. So now you're restricted at 129 million. You can't exceed that. And the, the, the initial thought from a lot of people, like, wow, they, why would you trigger the hard cap? You gotta, you gotta sign Jabari Parker. And, and what the team said to me was basically what Milwaukee did was they said, this is what we can pay you now because of the hard cap. We can only pay you. They basically put their, they set the number 15 to 17 million dollars, similar with, Detroit did what Contavious called Pope last year with Langston Galloway. They said, they said, this is, this is where we are right now. There's basically no negotiating and it's going to be interesting as far as what happens with, uh, you know, another player who went healthy. Um, you know, is certainly, um, you know, is certainly a good, good player, but the Jabari Parker negotiation is going to be, is, is pretty interesting what happens to him. You know, the, the, just sort of the jamming up of the trades are harder. There haven't been many trades. You know, Denver does Wilson Chandler. That was a salary dump. And um, Dwight Howard and Mozgov deal was – there's just been very few basketball trades. The market is so – draft night, I remember, like, it wasn't until the draft was over and I realized there wasn't one NBA player traded. And Dwight had happened actually the morning of the draft. So, But but in terms of, like, during the draft and around it, um, movement is just – stagnant and i don't know i mean what are the factors do you think why are we seeing so little player movement in terms of trades because when there's no salary cap space teams can't get i theoretically you'd think there's no space there's not much space so if i'm going to improve my team i'm going to do it through trade and there'd be some trades and there haven't been well and i thought there would be more because there were there was limited room um you know this off season with with teams, I thought we would see probably more of the draft, and we we haven't seen um, 
we haven't seen anything at all, but um, hopefully well, as these contracts start to come off here, um, we will start to see more movement because now you're dealing with expiring contracts. Uh, teams do not want to take back contracts that have two years. We have like we just had a 2016 just flooded the marketplace with these four-year contracts that the Yakim Noahs, the Biombos, the um, Nick Mott, Batums. Yeah, they just it just the marketplace is flooded with. You know, I mean, I mean, like forty percent of the league was signed in two thousand sixteen. That were Wes almost- Matthews max contract off of an Achilles injury. Yeah, um, you know, Evan Fournier. I mean, like there, there was a lot of those that you're gonna have to wait until they're expiring to kind of get mo- movement on. Nick Vucevic will be interesting. That's a name that you know, as far as he, on an expiring, but yeah, teams that aren't willing to take back um, back money unless you're gonna get something for it. How about Nerlens Noel? Four years, sixty-eight million dollar offer two years ago in Dallas, and um, he didn't take it. I believe he was advised to. You really got to look at this. This is for a player who hadn't done anything in the NBA yet, who was like, you know, I don't want to say he was a problem, but he was maybe not the most focused guy. He drove coaches crazy. He's a nice kid, nice young man, but. <laughs> to turn that down, um, Contavious Caldwell Pope turned down eighty million dollars plus, and it is it is a risk to turn down when you're turning down sixty eight because you want eighty, or turning down eighty because you want a hundred, and you don't realize that sixty eight can turn into eight a year. Well, sixty eight can turn into a one year eight million dollar deal now. He's on a minimum deal a year later in Oklahoma City. Um, these are just tremendous risks in the marketplace for guys who haven't made any money yet. And in Noel's case, haven't done a thing in the NBA. Um, and you knew it then when you turned it down. Like, that's not going to be out there for you. And and I'm um, some of those guys. There's a few of those guys floating around the league right now where they're never getting it back. No, I mean, in New Orleans will be, even if he has a good year in Oklahoma City, he'll be a career four to five million dollar guy from, um, from now on. And yeah, I mean, I mean, talk about dodging a bullet in Dallas. Yeah. I mean, could you imagine that? And that you stuck with that contract, you know, 15, 16 million dollars a year. Now you got DeAndre Jordan for one year, uh, instead. Um, but. What was the most shocked in your years in the front office? What was the biggest, contract you offered somebody that you just said oh man i can't believe this guy turned it down and it turned out to be you know you like yeah boy i'm glad he did well so in 2010 when we missed out on all those guys when 12 and 70 and newark wasn't appealing to anybody um to come play for us i will say this i loved when the nets were in newark because i took route 21 from my house down to the arena it was so easy to get to brooklyn i might as well take a plane to la <laughs> Versus trying to cross two bridges to get to Brooklyn from where I'm in Jersey, but go ahead. Oh, I love North too. Uh, two eight, uh, you know, two eighty, right to West Orange. But we, we, we missed out on those players. Um, you know, LeBron and and Carlos Boozer and all those guys. And this is a good lesson, probably, what not to do. You know, you don't have to go out and spend the money right away. And we went up going after Travis Outlaw. Travis Jordan. Outlaw was my favorite. I was like, what? Tra- that was what? Five for five 35. For 35. And then we amnestied and the Kings claimed them. 
<laughs> a year later, uh, you know, Jordan Farmar, and we had a deal for Tyrus Thomas. Um, four years, $36 million. I think I still have the contract on my, on one of my other, my computers. <laughs> and he would have been the final guy to, with this group. And he was in the Bahamas. He was going to sign it. And Charlotte came in at the last minute and signed him to like four for 40. Oh. And I remember thinking like, the group we have right now is probably not very good, but can you imagine adding Tyrus <laughs> Thomas for another $40 million? But yeah. And I remember how that ended. That ended with Paul Silas. I remember I reported this. I think Paul Silas getting in his face in his locker, basically jacking him up in his locker. And Paul was probably seven years old then, but like still nobody was going to mess with Paul Silas. No. And, uh, but that, I mean, that's, that's the lesson that, I mean, in this, this is so much different than the NFL that, I mean, we live in a world of, of guaranteed contracts. I mean, you, you're not getting, you know, you're not getting out of these unless you wave and stretch or back then you had the, uh, you had the amnesty provision. One question I had asked, so I'd asked players this, coaches, GMs, when you, when you have so many, when you have so many guys on one year deals, how does that impact the chemistry of a team? Cause you got a lot of guys going. I mean, look at that LA team, the guys they bring in on one year deals, like, and it's not just them, everybody, one year. How does that impact chemistry, teamwork? Do you just have guys just, I'm just trying to get mine? Um, I know it was a real concern. Um, coaches voiced that to me. And I mean, we, it, it didn't just start this year, but, but I do think it impacts the room. Um, you know, even the Lakers last season, they felt like they were all just a bunch of expendable guys until they, you know, could get out in free agency and get guys. That's the reality of playing for the Lakers. Like, you're a big market team. They're always going to be trying to upgrade you. Like, welcome to the NBA. But but I do think it impacts the room. One-year contracts are hard. It's hard, A, from chemistry. Um, you know, you, you're not going, you know you're not going to be there for the long haul. And then, B, that they are looking for that next paycheck. And I think that's why Indiana, you know, did it right when – they lost Paul George, and they went out and used cap space with Darren Collison, Bojan Bogdanovic, um, players like that, where they added an extra year, but it was non-guaranteed. You kind of dang you dangle the carrot over uh, over their head. But, yeah, to bring in, you know, in Los Angeles, and there's a lot of teams like this, Tyreek Evans in Indiana, you know. Um, but Colwell Pope was on a one-year last year. He's on a one-year again. Um, you know, Lance is on a one-year. It's like – they are looking out for that next bite of the apple there. Today's episode of the Woj Pod is brought to you by ZipRecruiter. Hiring is challenging, but there's one place you can go where hiring is simple, fast, and smart. A place where growing businesses connect to qualified candidates. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Woj. ZipRecruiter sends your job to over a 100 of the web's leading job boards but they don't stop there. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invite them to apply for your job. As applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one and spotlights the top candidates so you never miss a great match. ZipRecruiter is so effective that 80% of the employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. With results like that, it's no wonder that ZipRecruiter is the highest rated hiring site 
in America. And right now, my listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash Woj. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Woj, W-O-J. ZipRecruiter.com slash Woj. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Realize who we haven't talked about. Boogie Cousins. Almost a net in 2010, uh, but we selected Derek Favors instead. You guys were terrified of Boogie at that time, weren't you? We were, and um, Bo- Boogie would only come in for a draft workout if he worked out against Derek Favors. He wanted to destroy Derek Favors. He was on a mission. I remember that. He was on a mission. He wanted to go across the country and just take him <laughs> apart in these workouts, right? <laughs> he did. And, you know, we inter- – I mean, we'll get to DeMarcus free but we we interviewed him in Chicago at the pre-draft camp. He reminded me so much of Kenyon Martin – um, that we had, and I thought that if you could get into Demarcus's kind of inner circle, into uh, in that bubble, you know, yeah. that Tr- you trust us, yeah, it's, he doesn't trust easily. Um, that you can kind of, you know, I just had that feeling with him, but yeah, I mean, De- where Demarcus is right now, um, the Achilles has really hurt him. You know, tr- past transgressions, the yeah. I mean, locker room wise, yeah, teams don't forget about that. Um, and no, we, it was an issue, and I talked to teams and. Teams communicated that to his agent, and he knows that, and that's what he's got to do in Golden State. I think he's so much smarter just taking the money this year in in a fairly – another dysfunctional place or a place where stuff – because he's in Golden State, like it's just going to – there's a different aroma around you when you're with them, and um, it's almost like playing USA basketball. Like the games aren't close. It's a bunch of all-stars. Like – there's nothing but positive things being written about everybody all the time. Like, and he's played USA basketball with them. Like you just, you know, it's not, you're not that dominant um, there. It's not, you know, you're not playing, um, you're playing, you know, great NBA teams, but, and, and the idea that he doesn't have to show people know, they just want to see he's healthy again. People know he can go put 40 and 20 up. And if he's healthy again and gets back on the market, he'll, but I just think this, He's going to be scrutinized in this situation. He's going to be watched closely, and and they told him this. They're going to, like, hey, there's going to be nights where you're going to get when you're up, when you are healthy and can play, you're going to get five and six shots. How, like, how are you going to handle that? And and he, he's going to need to handle it well. And I, and I think he will. I think he will. I think he's going to be so grateful to be around that group of players. I think he's going to be deferential to them. I, I bet he is an absolute joy to coach for them. I, re- I really, for Steve Kerr to coach and, and something, um, somebody there said to me about what they'll, you know, he's not going to be ready for training camp. He's not going to be ready early in the season, but, but whenever he's ready to come back, he'll have spent months in practice sitting with Steve Kerr. Um, he's going to get to build a relationship with Kerr before Kerr ever has to insert him into a game, before Kerr's going to have to tell him one night, you're only playing 18 minutes or, you know, you're, we're not running plays for you. That's harder to do when the guy just rolls in for training camp and there's not the time to spend together. So I think them building a relationship and some trust before Kerr's ever going to have to make some hard decisions on him, I think they feel that's a real positive uh, with the Warriors. Well, and he's almost like their big trade deadline acquisition, but you get him, you know, right now, um, and you don't have to give up anything. It's cost you five million dollars. But I think looking at this, the Demarcus Cousins free agency, I think this really humbled him um, a lot. That there was no overwhelming offer out there. 
Um, we we knew it was basically going to be New Orleans if they came in, and possibly Dallas, Dallas. and that was it. Yeah, I mean, and I think it was even harder to do like the one year, like Golden State. They're going to win without him early. Then they're going to win with him. It doesn't. They're going to win whether he's there or not. But they have. They're the ones who can have the most patience. Like, let's say he went to Dallas on a one year deal, and let's say they're just they're competing to try to get the eighth seed. I mean, there's going to be or anywhere else like that. There's going to be a natural sort of like, when can we get him on the court? Like the clock's ticking on this one year we have with him. That won't be the case in Golden State. Like, like somebody there said to me, like we could lose two, three in a row. There's not going to be any call of, oh man, we better get Cousins out here. When he's ready, he's ready and he'll play. And I think that does take the pressure off him too. And it does. And I think there for I know he said that he, you know, should be ready for training camp, but. If that, I'm that's the, not realistic. No. He's and not I'm, if I'm DeMarcus camp. Cousins, I'm, I'm, worried, I'm, I'm looking at for my next contract. And being on the floor in November will not help for his next contract if he's not at the level he was. So I don't, I don't see a rush because they, as you said, they don't, they don't need him in the beginning. You know, they need him like come playoff time, come, you know, down, you know, post all star break here. Why did you guys in the end, when you guys sat in the room, made the decision? What led you to go Derek Favors over Cousins in that? What year draft was that? Uh, 2010. 2010. We didn't feel like DeMarcus was tradable. That's why. We felt that Derek Favors had the, had upside um, and teams valued upside and potential, and he was more of a tradable asset than DeMarcus. Were you right? Um, it yeah. got you Darren Williams. It, it did got get you Darren Darren Williams. Williams. And Derek's been a good player. You know, he just signed a you know pretty yeah. nice deal. And Derek's, you know, I mean, no, I mean, is Demarcus Cousins better than Derek Favors? Yeah, he yeah. is. But teams were, we felt that teams would be scared away because Demarcus had that, you know, not at the level he was, you know, now. You know, he had a little temperament at Kentucky. Um, you know, he interviewed Fair in, in the combine, and you know, we just felt like. Um, you know, it was, you know, Derek and um, and Demarcus. Wes Johnson was in the mix. I mean, real quick story regarding Wes Johnson. I've said it before. I think I told Ryan Rasillo this. We there was a, we had um, during the night of the draft. We had, it was the first time a player. I don't know how Wes Johnson got our war room number, but he called into the war room <laughs> right before the draft, like. Asking for us to draft him, <laughs> and he got picked by I think Minnesota. Um, David Kahn beat David, to it. Yes, but um, but yeah, I mean that was the th- that was the thought process with um, how we looked at Demarcus and Derek. David Kahn had some great picks. Oh man, Miss, talk about missed out on some opportunities, right? Yeah, the Frazier. It was the Ricky Rubio. Johnny, Johnny Flynn, Flynn was going to be the. I think he told somebody in their front office it was going to be. Clyde and Earl Monroe. He's off a little bit. He's off a little bit. Here's the other thing too with the Cousins cry. This idea of this is unfair. This is everybody in the league had a chance to sign Demarcus Cousins. He was there. This wasn't some salary cap circumvention. He didn't have anything, and he takes the five point three taxpayer mid level, and everybody had a crack at him. It's like. Complaining about Draymond Green, man, he went in the second round. Everybody passed on him. You don't get to complain about that. Pick the guy then. <laughs> no, you don't. And I said it to you yesterday. I said, "Hey, 
if this if we live in a world where there was no salary cap and Golden State just went out and signed guys to hundred million dollar contracts like maybe some of these European soccer teams, then you or the Yankees in, in baseball, then we can raise our hand and complain. They've done everything by the rules. I mean, they had the cap spike in 2016. We know what happened. But they drafted Curry, Green, and Thompson, not in the top five. Um, and they were able to get DeMarcus because he was coming off an injury. I mean, that's the reality of the situation. Of the teams early on in free agency, anybody jump out at you beyond, you know, beyond the team that keeps beyond the team that keeps Paul George, beyond the team that recruits LeBron James, has anyone else's work so far around the edges um, been impressive? I like what Phoenix did with Trevor Ariza. Um, I like the you know one year, fifteen million dollar contract for a team that kind of has to start winning now, and you get a good veteran in that locker room with a lot of young, um, a lot of young players. You know, you got Tyson Chandler and Jared Dudley. So I like, I like the Ariza uh, contract. That was one of the first ones. Um, you know, you know that we saw. I like what Brooklyn did with Joe Harris and Ed Davis. You know, kind of just pieces around. You know, complimentary pieces. Um. You know, there, but it's amazing. You know, just going through my notes, there are some teams that haven't done, have not done anything. You know, just have kind of sat basically built with the draft and have kind of been laying in the weeds here. Orlando's interesting to me. They, you know, they kept Aaron Gordon, um, drafted Mo Bamba, and they're really excited about Bamba and Jonathan Isaacs. People didn't see a lot of Jonathan Isaacs last year. He's going to be really, really good, and it's starting to look a little bit like a John Hammond, Jeff Weltman, Milwaukee, tremendous length, mm. right? Yeah. Mo Bamba's seven ten wingspan, you know, Isaac's long, and you know these are the guys who brought you the Greek freak yeah. in in Milwaukee, and and sort of these oversized times oversized kind of over um, oversized positions, and and um, they've been very. You know, didn't do, um, they did do one deal at the trade deadline. They traded Alfred Payton to Phoenix and now Alfred goes to New Orleans, but, um, they've been very patient there and they've just evaluated what they had, what they have. And, and I think Steve Clifford's going to be awesome for them. I think, um, he's going to be great for Bamba. Um, he, he brings an organization and structure and I, you know, Evan Fournier kept hearing his name in some trade talks, but, but they haven't moved him and he's there. I think that has a chance to be, especially if Isaacs is healthy and playing this year, I think he's going to jump out at people a little bit. I think that's going to be an improved team because like the first year, Steve Clifford and his first year in Charlotte was an incredible turnaround. And, and, and I think that that was on their minds in Orlando too. When they hired him, he's a, you know, um, he's a program builder. He'll, um, he had such horrible benches the last couple of years in Charlotte and injuries. I mean, literally a G League bench, you know, a couple of years at the end. Um, but but when they had talent, he won almost 50 games. And uh, I, I could see that Orlando team making a jump. Well, and that's the when you said program builder. I mean, that's what you needed there. I mean, just based on what they've gone through with coaches between Jock Vaughn, Scott Skiles, and now Frank Vogel. I mean, that's four guys. I mean, that's – that. I mean, talk about a rotating door. And they've missed out on, you know, before John and um, – you know, Jeff got there. They've missed out on draft picks to build with. Um, now you basically have a clean slate, and um, and you know, you know, Steve's going to be there for for the long haul. It's not like you know they get off to a bad start and he's looking over his shoulder. I mean, there's that's a new that's a you know we look at the past, but that's a new that's a new group down there. 
Well, Bobby, on to Summer League later this week. I'm going to grind through free agency, see if uh, Spurs might want to trade Kawhi one of these days and and maybe start put the summer to bed a little bit. Well, sounds good, and I'll, I'll miss those grilled chicken sandwiches that I've eaten in the calf for 10 days in a row here. We'll get some home cooking for a couple days. All right. Enjoy it, Bobby. Thanks. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Woj Pod. A big thank you, of course, to my guest, ESPN front office insider Bobby Marks. Remember, you can subscribe and listen to new and archived episodes of this podcast wherever you get your pods. You can find us on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you get your shows. Have a great holiday, everyone. We'll catch you next time.